Welcome to the Good Fiction Podcast. Join us as we continue with Darkest Darker Dark, episode 26. They had only been back to the hotel about 30 minutes or so when Nathan was starting to feel better, and Debbie even managed to laugh at a couple of his corny jokes. Her anesthesia was wearing off, but she was still feeling sleepy. Her body relaxed and peaceful from her decision, she allowed herself to let go. There was a peace that was coming from the situation now, although there seemed to be an endless stream of unanswered questions, this wasn't the time to address them. She could tell Nathan wanted to let go of it for a day or two as well. He was kicked back in watching the nightly news. Every day there were stories on the news about the government's investigation into the bombing. Stories were starting to show up here and there with family members expressing their anger. There was growing speculation that it had been a terrorist attack. Pieces of the wreckage had been reassembled in an airplane hangar and it was clear that a bomb had blown a gaping hole in the side of the plane. Efforts to find more wreckage and more bodies of those listed as missing had been mostly abandoned. There was talk of the need for closure from the families of the missing passengers. Funerals with empty caskets were had by those who chose to put the matter to rest. Each night when the topic of the news turned to that fatal flight, these were the stories. Nathan seemed to be interested, but Debbie only took a passing interest in something she simply wanted to put behind her. It wasn't that she didn't care about the developments in the case, but more like it didn't matter to her day-to-day existence. She often wondered if it wouldn't be easier for the story to be pushed further back into the newspaper. It seemed to her that the less publicity would be better for the families. Then there was the issue of what if they found out who did it? They would surely put the entire mess back on the front page again. All of the families would have to start from scratch as far as the media coverage was concerned. The reporters would start calling again. There would be the possibility of some sort of even military response from the United States directed toward the terrorists. She really wished it would all go away. Thump. There was some sort of noise just outside their door. What was that, she asked. Nathan didn't respond. He was fixated on the news, his eyes glassy as he floated from commercial to commercial. Nathan! Debbie was more assertive this time. He slowly looked back toward the bed from his spot at the room's table where he sat. You say something, Debbie, he asked. His speech was slightly slurred. Yeah, I was asking if you heard something. I I guess not. All I heard was, thump, that. Debbie pointed to the door as the sound revealed itself again. It sounded as if something had bumped up against the door. This time, Nathan heard it. The remote was laying on his lap, and he hit the mute button. He, too, seemed intrigued by the noise. The chair he was sitting in was leaning back on its rear two legs, and his feet were on the table. He dropped his legs to the floor and the chair followed. Probably some kid playing around out there or something, he said. Would you check? 
asked Debbie. He gave her a disgusted look. He was high, comfortable. He really didn't want to get up, but he did anyway. His thinking was clear, even though he seemed to stumble with each step as he made his way to the door. He peered through the peephole. There's no one there, he said. All I see are doors. Are you sure? She asked. I could have sworn. I heard something bump up against our door. Don't do that. He was serious. You're going to get me all paranoid. Just don't. She didn't respond. Once paranoid on heroin, Nathan's tie would be ruined. She knew that. She'd seen him like that before, and it wasn't a pretty picture. You're right, she conceded, but not believing what she was saying, it's nothing. Nathan walked back to his spot and assumed his previous position. The front two legs of the chair lifted, and his feet went back on the table. Thump. There it is again. This time he reacted. I heard it. Is someone out there? I didn't see anyone. Why don't you look this time? The chair was flat again, but Nathan stayed in it. Debbie got up this time. The TV was still muted, and she stepped lightly toward the door. Slowly, she brought her eye to the peephole. There was nothing there. Not at first, anyway. Then there was. Mr. Marshall stood there smiling. He knew he was being gazed at through the tiny dot on the door that provided Debbie her vision. Debbie slammed her back and arms against the wall. Nathan snapped out of his blurry world from the look on Debbie's face. She couldn't speak at first. Three short but loud knocks banged on the hotel door only inches from her. Nathan, she said in her loudest possible whisper, it's him. She said it slowly because she wanted to be sure to enunciate herself so that Nathan understood. She pointed at the door. Her face was pale and her slightly open mouth and wide open eyes gave Nathan the unmistakable impression that there really was something wrong. Even through his clouded haze, he was able to recognize the distraught look on her face. Who? He was confused. It's Marshall, she said it even louder that time. You mean Mr. Marshall? He asked. Debbie's eyes filled with tears as she began to nod her head yes. Nathan was up and heading toward the door when the sound of three more sharp knocks echoed through the hotel room. Fear filled the room as they were the only sound on earth, those knocks. Debbie felt her heart beating hard. Nathan suddenly wished he wasn't high. What does he want? asked Nathan, thinking out loud. Debbie didn't respond. There was no need to. Her answer would have been no more than a guess. Then there were more knocks. This time there were four, even louder than the last set. Nathan took his turn at the peephole. After making his way across the floor, trying hard to snap out of his haze, there stood the teacher. He was smiling. His smile had once brought a comforting feel to them both. The smile hadn't changed, but the meaning behind it had. Whatever reason he was out there wasn't good. This was trouble in a way they both knew. 
they had never experienced before. How did he find us? whispered Debbie. Debbie? Nathan? It's me, Marshall. Open the door. We need to talk. Marshall's voice sounded friendly. It was as if nothing was wrong. Nathan quickly responded, Get out of here, Marshall. We don't need to talk to you. Just get out of here. Now look, Nathan, started Marshall in such a convincing way. I wouldn't have come all this way and gone through all of this trouble if this weren't important. Now please open the door. Hear me out. Nathan looked at Debbie as if he were entertaining the idea of letting him in. Debbie's eyes widened even more as she mouthed the word, No. Get out of here, Marshall. I'm going to call the police, said Nathan. He had raised his voice and was slowly more forceful. Now, Nathan, think about what you're saying. You guys are runaways. There are laws against that sort of thing, and I'm sure you're aware that the police are looking for you, too. It wouldn't be wise to alert them to where you are, now would it? He asked. He had a point, actually. It was Nathan's move. What is it you want? He asked. Say what you need to say and get lost. Well, it's not that easy, he said. I'm not opening the door, Marshal. And besides, Debbie's not even here. Nathan, he said. You disappoint me. I never took you for a liar. She's not here, Marshal. And if she was, I doubt she'd want to talk to you anyway. Oh, she's there. I heard her laughing, he said. Nathan glanced back at Debbie. It was obvious the situation was getting to her. Beads of sweat had broken out along her hairline, and her breathing was noticeably heavy. This creep was really starting to freak her out. Nathan was unsettled by her outward signs of fear. Debbie was always so strong and in control. This was different, though. I don't know what you heard, Marshall, but it doesn't matter. It's not Debbie I want to talk to. It's you, Nathan. I need to talk to you. Come on, what do you say? You and me, man to man. Just a little chat. Nathan began to reconsider the consequences of calling the police. He mouthed the word police to Debbie, and she quickly shook her head back and forth to indicate no. What's the matter, Nathan? You scared to talk to me? said Marshall. How could I be scared of a grown man that goes around slapping girls? I liked it, Nathan. I wished only I would have hit her harder and more often. Nathan's face turned red with anger. He gripped the door and started to turn it, but Debbie grabbed his wrist before he could. He's tricking you. No, don't do it, Debbie said in a soft but stern whisper with the tight grip remaining on Nathan's wrist. He's trying to make you mad so you'll open the door. Don't. Nathan let go of the doorknob. Debbie's grip on his wrist remained. Get out of here, Marshall. I'm warning you. Get out. Or what, he said. You really have no choice. You know something? I gotta say that I'm really disappointed. You're much weaker than I expected. Nathan looked down at Debbie's hand on his wrist. The shock of the situation bringing his feet down to earth. He was catching a snap. He looked into Debbie's eyes. His look said it all. He was taking control of the situation. 
Lindsay's back down at his ribs. He watched Debbie's hand slowly let go. She brought her hands, clutched together to her lips, in two tightly held fists, as Nathan went back to the door and slowly started to turn. That's it, said the voice from the other side of the door. Nathan opened the door just enough to see Marshall standing there smiling. He kept the door only slightly cracked. Marshall had both hands behind his back. What's the matter, Nathan? Scared? What is it, Marshall? He responded. What do you want with us? Well, I know Debbie's in there. I'd really rather you come out here and talk to me. There's no sense in getting her upset. Too late. You should have thought of that when you were slapping her around. Now, Nathan, there's no sense in holding any grudges. That never got anyone anywhere. It's surely not going to get you where you want to be in this little situation. Believe me. You need some help, Marshall. You're losing it. I'm losing it? I think I've much better hold on the situation in the world than you do. I mean, look at you. Anyone with an IQ over 50 can see that you're strung out. The point is that me and Debbie and whatever we do is absolutely none of your business. Why are you here? What is it you want? Nathan could feel his anger creeping up like water being poured slowly into a glass. The trickle turned the contents to volume, which was morphing into full-fledged rage. He felt his skin turning warm from the increased blood flow. He could just imagine that his face was beet red. The point of all of this, Nathan, is that you're wrong on that particular point. Debbie is my business. The problem is that you're not. Well, not my business as long as you're away from Debbie. Do you get my drift? What are you saying? Are you trying to tell me to get away from Debbie because she's like yours or something? Exactly, said Marshall. I've had enough of this. You're sick. You need some help. You won't find it here. Get out of here, Marshall. I mean it. Get out of here right now. Before Nathan had time to react, Marshall had a firm grip on Nathan's shirt. He began to pull him through the narrow crack of the door's opening. Nathan resisted with all the strength. He brought both of his hands to Marshall's grip on his shirt and pulled as hard as he could. When he did so, the door opened almost all the way, revealing Debbie to the side of Nathan. Talk to you later, said Marshall through clenched teeth as he glanced at Debbie. She lunged at his hold on Nathan's shirt to try to help pull him free. It was no use, though. Marshall was strong. He wasn't going to let go, either. With one hand firmly clutching a wad of Nathan's shirt, he used his free hand to hit Debbie with an open palm to the forehead. She immediately lost her balance from the blow and fell backwards. Nathan had little to no strength left and began to feel sick. Nausea like a wave of disgusting feelings engulfed him. He wasn't able to resist. Nathan, yelled Debbie from her spot on the floor. He didn't respond, though. There was only the sound of a slamming door followed by the muffled sounds of light struggle being moved down the hallway. Debbie tried to get up so she could follow. 
However, she found herself to be dizzy from the blow to the head. When she finally was able to get to her feet and open the door, there was no sound coming from the hallway. She managed only the quickest glimpse of Nathan being shoved by Marshall around the corner at the end of the hall. She started after them with a sprint that lasted all of three or four steps. The heavy medication she had been on still had its lingering grip on her body. She, she fell to her knees in the hallway, unable to even call out to Nathan. Her hands were clammy and cold, and the sweat on her brow had turned to something gross, feeling as if it no longer cooled her body in reaction to the situation, but gave her the chills instead. She sat there on her knees in the middle of the hallway. God, please, she said, help us. Thank you for listening. Join us next time as we continue with Darkest, Darker, Dark. I'm Rodney Mathers. Goodbye for now.